Hello and welcome to another episode of Nutanix Weekly, uh, Zintegra podcast uh, with context. Uh, as all of our podcasts are, we try to bring real world into the things we talk about here. I'm joined again today with uh, my co-pilot, uh, Mr. Harvey Green, CEO of Zintegra Gov. Good Harvey, afternoon. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, we've also got our friends from Nutanix joining us, Mr. Jaira Cox. How are you? Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. And Doing Mr. well. Thank ben you. How are y'all? Good. And Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. I'm looking at the barrel of a busy week, so I like being busy than bored. So I'm I'm doing well today. Yeah, that is a better way to spend the time, isn't it? So Ben Rogers, our uh, sales counterpart over at Nutanix uh, Enterprise Focus, Um He's out there wheeling and dealing on a daily basis, right? Um, Trying to educate customers is the biggest thing. Uh, You know, man, lots of questions in the industry about directions right now, uncertainty with competitors. Uh, It's it's a good time to to be working for Nutanix. Yeah, I I imagine so. A lot of uncertainty in the marketplace right now. A lot of people who are fearful. Um, That's not exactly what we're here to talk about today. We're here to uh, talk a little bit about some unified storage, object storage to be specific. Um, We've got a great blog post uh, for everybody today. Uh, It's called Nutanix Unified Storage, Ideal for High Performance AI and Modern Data Intensive Workloads. Um, So, uh, you know, I know as a consumer before coming to Zintegra, object store was one of those things where I struggled a little bit to understand use cases initially. Um, So this is one uh, that kind of helps us understand a few more new use cases. Uh, Object Store sometimes gets lumped in with backup and people think of it as a great place for storing backups or archives. Um, But here we're talking about high performance AI and modern data intensive workloads. So um, blog post today is uh, written by Santosh uh, Saruvo. Uh, from Nutanix. He's product marketing manager for Unified Storage. Um, so let's dig in. Jaira, I guess, um, beginning of this blog post, it talks a little bit about an IDC uh, uh, research that, that IDC has done around object storage uh, and the suitableness for certain data intensive workloads. Yeah, I mean, I like the way that the study is framed with it kind of meets people where they're at uh specifically this calls out of course you know like cold data repositories backups archives right like use cases that we are pretty accustomed to associating with like object storage targets um but it actually talks about hey but also what are the impacts here for stuff that's like actually quite data intensive higher performance right like really more like powering like line of business type software um and decision support software which is kind of like not what most people think about commonly when they think about object storage, right? And maybe to help level set for the audience, right? There's an analogy that um, when we launched objects, we we put in a lot of our like uh, customer education decks around like, what is this thing? What do I use it for? Right. And to kind of walk through like the that sort of hierarchy of storage, right? You've got like your block storage, right? Where you just give something a disk and it formats it. And that's kind of more akin to like, I just build a giant parking lot. And I go park every car there myself, and I have to go remember where I put every car on the lot to go get it back. For more like your uh, more like a data share 
platform, right? Like NFS, SMB, file shares, right? More like a parking garage, right? Like I tell all the blue SUVs, hey, look, all y'all should probably be on level three. And there's some high level sorting there where I impose some kind of structure, but it's not rigidly enforced. And hopefully everyone's complying with where I tell them to put their stuff, but I can't really tell. With uh, with an object store, right, which is what's going to power our conversation today, there's more of a construct of like, uh, like a valet or like a coat check, right? Like I give you the piece of thing I want you to store for me, my coat or my, my car, I get a claim check back. And when I come back to you with my claim check, I get my thing back in the middle. I don't care where you put it, right? It might have been far away from me, might have been close to me, might have been on hot, so hot storage, cold storage, don't care, don't know. When I ask for you for it back, I get it back, right? Within certain SLAs, and it's all governable, of course. Um, and uh, and I can direct the data, data on the back end for where I want stuff to live. Um, but that sort of intelligence built into the storage system lets it do a couple of neat things. The first one, why object storage got so popular, is, of course, uh, hugely scalable, right? Like it's just vast, vast file systems. Uh, two, lots more opportunity for security, right? When when we need stuff like a, a like a worm type pattern, right? Once read many, but beyond that, once performance joins all of those features at the party, this is where it gets really interesting for um, for applications and for our customers. Yeah, it, it's striking to me that you know this is a very different type of storage. You talked about block and file uh, shares. You know, and and the analogy to a parking lot and a parking garage, right? The the other thing that strikes me as different is this is very cloud centric. You talk to it with an API interface, right? Um, you're not using kind of a legacy protocol like we would with uh, block or file, you know, SCSI or um, SMB or SIFS or whatever we want to call it today. You're you're talking to a, a modern cloud type API. So this is a different animal, right? It's a great point. Yeah. Born born in the age of the internet, right? Not adapted to it, meant to be exposed and 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 used over the open internet, right? Not requiring stuff like VPNs and other kind of protection like you would typically put behind behind a, a file system. Hopefully no one's putting block storage raw out on the internet. That'd be pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, <laughs> totally a very, very modern take on uh, on data storage and, and retrieval. Yeah. So Ben, I'm, I'm curious here from your perspective. I mean, as you're working with your enterprise customers, you know, what sorts of workloads and things are, are they talking about that, that kind of align with object store that maybe people aren't even thinking about? Well, before I answer that, I first want to kind of, you know, back to, uh, come back to one of the things Jairus said, he was talking about how NUS really does three things and one of those things is objects. This is all part of the goodness of the Nutanix platform. You know, when I talk to customers about Nutanix and they go, you know, what differentiates you from your competitors? One of these things is we are very cloud-like from a platform itself, from the ground floor. And so for us to roll out, you know, file services, block services, and now object services, that's just a continuation of that cloud foundation, that platform that we created. And one of the things that Jira was talking about is our ability to scale. And you know how we scale the clusters today is the same way that we're going to scale the object store. It really doesn't change. So when I'm talking to customers, one of the things I, I really have to get in front of them really quick is that this does not change what you're doing today. This is actually an additional service part of the platform that you have. 
And what customers end up doing is they breathe a sigh of relief because all the rules that go along with the Nutanix clusters, whether on-prem, in a data center, at edge, or you know, in the cloud now, it's the same platform. And so when I'm talking to customers, really what I try to drive in, into them is that this is the platform that you've known and loved for a different time. This is just another, another set of services that, that go on that platform. What I am surprised as, you know, is looking through this from a customer's eyes in my day of directing, you know, IT shops is now that we have the ability to start talking about object store when it comes to containers and giving that flexibility coming there. And that's where, you know, that is a differentiator. Now we're able to use this API driven, you know, uh, I don't want to say cheap storage, but, you know, I mean, non-expensive storage and start to make it, you know, manage higher intense data loads. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you know, most traditional storage we're talking about has some sort of a finite limit. You know, you're either limited by your controllers, you're limited by your disk pool. There, there's some limit, and then you have to add another. Um, th this is a logical thing that expands infinitely, and particularly on a platform like Nutanix, you you just add another node and you can scale out. Um, but that's true for object store when you're talking about a hyperscaler or, or you know any other implementation as well you know it, it goes to really large use cases which i think is a huge benefit um particularly when you're talking imaging data sets or healthcare or places like that uh harvey what about you uh from a gov perspective or from a, a sled perspective or are organizations starting to look at Object Store to solve some of their problems there? Yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, and having an option like this where, where they can choose to be flexible and or get uh, object storage on-prem and still have that be what they're using um, and get some of those cloud characteristics is a big deal. Um, there's There's a lot of regulations, lots of rules, things like that, that are still in place that prevent uh, some of these entities from being able to just utilize cloud all the way through um, or specify where it has to be in the cloud or just add some complexity that they don't necessarily want to have and keep up with. And this is a very good option for them to choose and uh, be able to, to have a lot more control over where the data lives. Yeah, I mean, um, Jaira, I'm I'm really curious about uh, some of the benefits. Uh, the The blog post kind of goes on to talk about some of the benefits here for Nutanix object storage. Can you help walk us through some of those? Absolutely. Um, we found on a key one here, right? Scale. So just like with virtually any other workload on Nutanix, that option's open to start small and then grow to the size required. With objects, that that uh, grow to size required can be truly massive, right? We're talking multiple petabytes. You can even have object namespaces that not only federate amongst each other, but each namespace can even consist of multiple Nutanix clusters, right? So I can bring dozens and dozens of nodes to bear um, all within one, one object's S3 namespace, which is just absolutely, the technical term is ginormous. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it gets really, really big real fast. Um, but uh, but then what can it, of course, do for you, right? So a really cool um, one-two punch is is validation that we call out here 
for validation with both Vertica and Snowflake for analytics platforms. But even more of like a yes and really, really cool enhancement there is the ability to then query against the data set hmm. um, from platforms like Snowflake, right? Um, so that now I can do fun stuff like, let's carry through my coat check analogy. Um, if I own all the coats, right? I'm not taking anyone else's coats here. Um, I can say, bring me all of the brown coats size XL, right? Not bring me all the coats and I'll sort through them and then give you back the ones that I don't want or or whatever, just blast them out of the cache. Um, uh, I don't need a firehose of data back. I can get the exact data set back that I want, right? I can run a query for give me all the customers uh, that we're tracking in, in these certain zip codes, right? And get back just the targeted data set that I'm looking for. Uh, that lets me get to an answer faster for the business um, even, even faster, maybe even coming off of like colder tiers of storage. Right. So that's pretty, pretty cool there. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the other use cases here, which I think is interesting is Splunk. Um, you know, do you have a lot of enterprise customers talking with you about Splunk at this point, Ben, uh, anybody kind of talking from, you know, that sort of, uh, solution or use case? I mean, the analytics makes sense that, that Jira mentioned for sure. It does, and and uh, you know you have to be careful because Splunk is a partner of ours, but at the same time could be competitors in some spaces. But where customers are really talking to us about is if they've got Splunk in the cloud mm -hmm. and they're paying that cloud storage cost. We've got some customers that are looking at this potentially being a place where they could land the Splunk, where they would get higher performance at a lower cost. Mm -hmm. uh, me personally, some of those conversations are you know in the infancy and then start. But this is one place where we actively have customers going, hey, how can you help me bring my storage down in the cloud version of Splunk? So again, it's a place where customers are looking at their options and our platform is able to, to provide those options as well. I also think it's interesting when you're looking at this is the amount of third parties that are starting to invest on the platform. You know, you see Snowflake, uh, doing this, man, you, you see them a lot in the market and see them a lot in data analytics. And so for them to partner with us on this, it, you know, excites me because they're seeing the value of it and they're, they're actually extending that to their customers. Yeah. I mean, you make a great point with the, the names. I mean, just here in this one blog post, you're talking about a lot of the, the standard sort of solutions in the analytics space. You're talking um, Kafka, you know, Vertica, Snowflake, um, you know, the Apache Spark project, uh, support for a lot of different choices, uh, which is great too, I think, for our customers, right? I mean, I I'm a huge advocate for having choice uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, your platforms and how you, you choose to go to market uh, or, or solve your business problems, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th this is almost a universal thing. That That's one of the things that I try to talk with customers about who are having a tough time maybe understanding S3 and, you know, their choices out there that, you know, that's become kind of the standard way to talk. And uh, so having that strong S3 support opens up a huge amount of options for you. You know, in the, in the, and we are building security uh, platforms around these tools. So, uh, we have Data Lens, which is a great product. We're not quite there with the technology yet to be able to analyze object stores, 
but that's in the pipeline. So, you know, I'm able to look at customers and go, you make the investment in this technology, we're going to continue to develop on that. And we're going to bring tool sets that are going to allow you to do like data governance, you know, the ability to scan for ransomware in object stores. I mean, there's a lot of goodness that our company is looking at bringing to this platform, particularly in this unified storage area. It's a big market for us, you know, and it's, it's a relatively new market for us. I mean, we've been doing this a while, but we're actively starting to get aggressive with our place in the marketplace. And, you know, people like IDC are seeing that. Well, and and I guess it's also important that this is baked in, not bolted on. You know, a lot of the competing solutions have something sitting in front of maybe traditional storage, and they're trying to serve up, you know, these modern protocols uh, this is truly baked into the platform. I mean, how important is that, Harvey? I mean, not having kind of that bolt-on mentality. Yeah, I mean, hugely important. Um, you know, this is something that I had been talking about overall with Nutanix and the way that they took their approaches um, not to just bolt on uh, overall in their in their platform. Um, being able to have that uh I, I guess I'll, I'll refer to it right now as smoothness uh the the things that all work together because they were made together and they were programmed together um you know not just oh I like that let me pull it and then try to make it all work together um being able to yeah yeah uh being able to have something that is designed that way from the beginning makes a huge difference uh and especially, when you get down to you know being able to administer it or being able to to use it as a user, um, having that consistency and thought process the whole way through makes a huge difference in the experience you get out of the other side. Yeah, having that like that one hand to one hand to shake, right? That can cover you know the hardware, the hypervisor, the storage, the firmware update process and engine. Um, the maybe even your workloads right if you wanted to choose to run like stuff like postgres on us mm-hmm. uh even even manage postgres where we can help out um even with supporting uh stuff like that and then querying against the s3 storage set as well like that's a pretty good single hand to shake for all that stuff like you know who's going to be in the trenches with you when you really need to solve a problem right so jar i want to pick at the um querying uh, that, that you brought up around Snowflake. I mean, that to me potentially has so many huge advantages. I mean, it, it, we're not talking about a database, but there's a certain amount of metadata that goes along with things stored in in uh, Nutanix objects. Uh, can you dig into that just a little bit more? Sure. I mean, spot on, right? Not a database, but helping solve for query Answers to query-like questions even faster, right? Um, can have implications on data governance, on application performance and responsiveness. Um, for what can I even do with it, right? Even stuff like um, we've touched on Splunk here, right? And part of part of using Splunk the right way on our platform and helping customers get um, to the right sort of economic solution overall, it of course involves uh, running, you know, your tier one Splunk in high performance, uh, in scale-out fashion um, for the right the right level of performance for like say days, days one through 30 but for days like 31 through like 365 well now i also want to have great performance 
but it's all just a bunch of text, right? So if I can put the query to the platform the right way, even from like, say, spinning disk, even coming from uh, very large clusters, very diverse data sets, I can still keep that responsiveness up and get to the answer I want to get to very, very fast. I'm not like doing queries via like carrier pigeon. Yeah. And and that's an interesting thing because, you know, in my mind, I think a lot of times of object stores having images, having uh, data streams basically stored in them. But, you know, with Splunk, it's going to be text. And so you you have that benefit of being able to to actually decipher that pretty easily, I would assume. Totally. Um, and with objects, even uh, one of the, in, in my opinion, undersung features is like uh, stuff like fun stuff like dual presentation, where we can do like S3 uh, based presentation as well as like NFS. So mm -hmm. I can ingest, say, like clickstream data from like a web farm one way, but analyze it a different way and have, have uh, different ways to approach the exact same data set. And that's a huge benefit when we start talking about layering on analytics platforms onto this. Um, I would throw it out to the group. I mean, as you're working with customers, are there any really interesting use cases that you've come across that you were like, wow, that that's really inventive. That's really cool. I mean, sure, but I can't um, tell you about them. <laughs> You'd have to kill me. Oh, oh, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Harvey sold my answer. Um, the uh, No, even, uh, I mean, touching back on... Um, uh, and this one might be is 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 topical even for for you guys and for the audience. Um, we have a, a customer who hosts uh, backups as a service, right? Which typically for you know connectivity to the on-prem users data set would involve lots of complicated tunnels and lots of you know multi-tenant type of complicated networking. The benefit of uh, objects, right, as that able to be uh, secure even over the open web technology. Is that it's an easy endpoint to deploy and manage, and hey, here's your key key pair for sending your backup data to us, right? And then it's easy for the customer to manage, easy to prove that it's secure, and easy for the provider to say, yeah, we're open for business, right? Whether it's a little bit of data or a lot of data or a little bit of data that grows into a lot of data, we're here for all of that, right? Um, so uh, scalability, security, and uh, and accessibility of the platform all sort of key there to that kind of use case. Yeah, and Ben said it earlier, security baked right in so you don't have to worry about it. You mentioned that again. It's 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 really the the beauty of a platform like this is it it it, it was made in our modern era. It wasn't something that was had to be, you know, refactored. It was meant for cloud use cases. So it's a huge, huge benefit here. Yeah, spot on. I think another benefit of all this, specifically for new customers and existing customers both, is the ability to consolidate your tool set. Mm -hmm. so this brings, you know, a lot of a lot of our customers are running, you know, objects in another another store or another service. It's another pane of glass they're having to manage. And so we've really seen some customers, one go, wow, I can do this on your platform and I can do it under the same prism that I've been using the whole long. Yes, you can. And then to come and to come back around and go, now you can do it with performance and we can, you know, add all these things that you now can run container workloads, these AI workloads in, in, a, in a relatively thin storage area. I mean, it's an incredible story and it's one that we really do have a lot of customers starting to go, how could I collapse tool sets and product sets into this and, and make this the platform? 
Yeah, I think that's a great point, man. Uh, the the ability to pair it with containerized applications is is really great um, because you know one of the factors of of those self-contained applications is that your data is sort of encapsulated and lives together. And so just like we were talking about where the metadata survives around this inside of the Nutanix objects, now your containerized application can talk directly, pull those things in and uh, make use of them natively without having to have some some other data store somewhere else that that it's talking to to correlate things together. And Philip, I'm going to gonna go off script here. How you made it through that with all the background is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the crowd, we just had an interesting. Uh, we're all cameraed in. We had an interesting <laughs> background activity going on with one of our participants. That for me, I I've lost it for a minute. So, Philip, good job keeping a straight face through all that. Uh, well, you know, uh, we we always. Expect the unexpected, I guess. You know, it's it's the world we live in uh, with, with Zoom meetings today. Um, well, guys, th this has been a great discussion. Um, you know, unified storage is one of those, I feel like, mainstream products within the Nutanix portfolio that just makes a lot of sense for so many customers. Um, you know, this, this one, whether you're, you're thinking about object store for backups or uh, for you know, uh, imaging, video files, um, you know, patient records. Uh, there's so many different ways that you can leverage object store, and it has become kind of that standard uh, for storing uh, information on the the internet. So, um, guys, I, I just want to say thanks for uh, for the discussion. Any final remarks? Wrapping up. Uh, I guess so thank you guys for the time as well. Go ahead, Tara. <laughs> Thank you guys for the time as well. And of course, as usual, right, with any any cool feature you hear about, the easiest way to get hands-on is with uh, Nutanix Test Drive. Yep. And uh, for anybody who wants one of those really, really live wallpapers uh, like I have going on behind me, with you know, the, the kids throwing balloons up in the air, it's so live you can just pinch it. Uh, you just contact me and let me know. I give make sure you get one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a great conversation with you guys. Man. I, I always have a good time. And uh, Zintegra, we appreciate you promoting the goodness of the platform. I feel like 2024 is going to be a good year for Nutanix, and we appreciate your partnership. And, man, we appreciate you having podcasts like this. So thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you guys, too. Um, you know, it, it it says a lot when we have an active partner that we're working with, like the Nutanix folks, Jaira. Ben, your support is is great. We're just going to have a love fest here at the end of this podcast, I guess. <laughs> but I mean that. Uh, you guys are great for showing up and, and also giving your time to uh, all the listeners uh, and all of our, our peers that, that are learning from, from all of the work that we're doing together. So we really appreciate you. Uh, and uh, to those listening, just want to say thanks for spending a few minutes with us, too, on another Zintegra podcast. A podcast with context, we hope. Um, that's always our goal. Uh, they're a little bit unscripted. Hopefully you laugh a little bit too and uh, uh, learn something at the end of the day. So until next time, thanks, gents, and thanks, listeners. We will uh, we will see you in the next episode. Thank you, guys. All right, we're going. <laughs>